Grab your pre-workout and turn up that volume. It is time for a new episode of the Powerlifters Den with your host, Cam Smith. Hello, everybody. Welcome back and welcome to episode nine of the Powerlifters Den. I'm Cam Smith, and today I have on a special guest, a world record holder and a uh, great lifter for New England and a great representation of the powerlifting community. Uh, Anthony, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for... uh... First of all, thanks for thinking of me uh, coming on here. Um, I know we have some mutual friends. Um, so, yeah, it's always cool to have someone reach out and want to hear me uh, talk that shit. So I'm excited, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity for me to um, sort of say my piece and, and tell people my story. Awesome. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on. Um, I know you have a podcast of your own. Um I guess we can start with uh, what made you start your podcast and um, kind of what is the inspiration behind it? Yeah. So um, we've kind of like stepped back from doing it as frequently just because like I went, I ran the gamut, man. I have, I've had everybody, <laughs> basically everybody who has done something cool in powerlifting for the most part, I've had them on, you know, it's like, you know, I had Hoff and I had Laura and Grandick and fucking Cone and Dan Bell and, and, you know, the list goes on and on. And then obviously all of the recent lifters as well. And a bunch of raw guys as well. And, um, yeah, basically during COVID, um, I had been on, uh, like an acquaintances podcast a couple times in the past. And he said that it would be cool if I did my own, it seemed like kind of a lot to manage. Um, and at first it kind of was just like figuring out how to like upload it and all this stuff. But, uh, yeah, during COVID, like peak COVID, uh, when everything was closed, I mean, we were putting one out basically every other day. And I think that people were really receptive to coming on podcasts because they had nothing to fucking do. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I just like, I literally went on to open powerlifting and just like started at the top and just started yeah. mess- messaging people. And, um, I also had a bunch of people on that were like not powerlifters. I've had like, you know artists and musicians and uh, winery managers and shit. And basically the idea was just like uh, people who are passionate about what they do. And I think that there's a lot of crossover with like, just, uh, you know, just people who dedicate their lives to something, whether it's lifting weights or making music or, you know, like I had my dad on at one point, which was really cool. Um, people like hearing that sort of stuff and it's sort of, uh, at during COVID it kind of like passed the time. And then, Mm -hmm. um, and then afterwards it was one of those things that just kind of evolved into me inviting people on that I wanted to talk to sort of like the Joe Rogan, uh, vibe, right. With that, that's kind of where I came up with that. And then Um, recently we've started doing the, like the barbell mixtapes, um, and, uh, barbell ambition, um, and, uh, with my buddy Brandon of barbell bills. And that's been cool. It's kind of been a little more business oriented, uh, and a little bit more like entrepreneurial type shit. Uh, but yeah, basically now I just do them when I feel like it and people seem to enjoy it. So uh, whenever I like get the itch to have someone on and I want to talk to somebody for an hour, I shoot a message and we record an episode. 
Yeah, that's oh. that's kind of kind of the plan I was doing is like been just like shooting out messages left and right to people. Um, luckily, John's been like a great connection for it. Like he, he obviously knows a lot of people, you included. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's hard to get past the it's hard to get past the message request folder sometimes, <laughs> yeah. you know. And yeah. so something I would do is I would just like comment on posts okay, and be like, Hey, like, I'd love to have you on the show or respond to their story, stuff like that. And then you just try to, I don't know. I would just try to like figure out like somebody who knew them mm-hmm. and kind of shoot them a message. Be like, yo, can you uh, get your boy to check his, <laughs> his message request folder? And uh, yeah. some, some of the people, yeah, some people don't want. Some people just don't want to do it, and but it's one of those things where if you send out fifty messages and you get ten responses, like those ten episodes are probably going to be sick because they're people that yeah. really want to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think honestly, it's like just another avenue to kind of get the the word out about the sport. Um, like Absolutely. I think people people will just like throw it on their car ride to work, and I mean it's it's a half an hour out of their day to learn something new so yeah it makes a lot of a lot of stuff with like powerlifting too is people want to see sort of what's under the hood so to speak right so um especially with instagram and and social media like you get these guys and girls and lifters that seem sort of like bigger you know larger than life if that makes sense yeah um and they they when you get them in a long format conversation, it humanizes them and people, people like that. They want to know like what, what Dan Bell eats for breakfast. Yeah, They've yeah. all, they've all seen his fucking lifts. We all know that, right? They, they want to know what Hoff does in his off time. They don't really care about, they already know all the training shit. You know, we all see that. So I think podcasts give like kind of a, under the under the hood look at, at what's going on yeah i love that because i think one of my main goals with this podcast is kind of humanize all these insane lifters and kind of get some insight into their mindset as well as like what they're doing yeah of course yeah, of course, yeah. <clears throat> um so i guess we can start off about uh the gym you have and how you train people and things like that as well yeah so we, uh me and my wife own a gym called anchor athletics and uh Concord, New Hampshire, um, and yeah, it's sort of like a privatized gym with, you know, we coach athletes there, um, we have like circuit, some circuit training, it's like not a commercial gym, it basically looks like a powerlifting gym, it's got a big turf on it though, and then, uh, you know, it's basically like 40%, 30% powerlifters and the rest is either gen pop or uh athletes or weight loss people and stuff so um it's kind of a it's a big space it's 3800 square feet but it's kind of a small gym we all know each other and um it's been it's been really cool it's been challenging uh having like a physical spot to run as opposed to just an online business so adding that into the mix has been a, a challenge but um you know, if you want to elevate, you've got to do a bunch of shit that's harder than what you were doing before. So we were prepared for it. My wife's been fucking rad. Uh, she's a big, she's a big part of um, what goes on at the gym. She takes care of 
a lot of the shit that I don't have the skill set or patience to deal with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been a team effort and it's a win-win cause I get a gym, which is cool. Uh, we get a gym and then also she doesn't have to work, uh, waitressing or, or doing what she was doing before, uh, which is really cool. And it's been awesome to watch her transition into basically living a lifestyle where we could do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll yeah. have a partner in crime. <laughs> Fuck yeah, yeah. It makes, it makes my life a lot easier, and it's very enjoyable to... Uh, people sometimes ask, like, how we cope with being around each other so much and how we deal with it, and it's like, I don't have to deal with anything. I don't I don't yeah. deal with it. I enjoy it. I, You know, my wife's my best friend. We spend every single fucking day together, and uh, the fact that we, we are afforded the opportunity to, you know build a business together um is fucking sick and i'm grateful for it all the time obviously there's challenges that come with that and there's challenges that come with working with your partner but um overall like you know it just makes our marriage better and makes us a stronger couple and also like we just have a fuck ton of fun bro we fucking laugh our asses off every day so um, that's awesome yeah i'm really i'm really grateful for for her and the opportunity that we've had with this gym. Yeah, that's, that's great to hear. I mean, um, obviously, like, training can be intense, and obviously you put a lot of sweat, blood, sweat, and tears into it, so having someone that supports you is massive. Yeah, she's a savage, too. I mean, Val squatted 705, bench 429. Like, you know, Val is no fucking slouch <laughs> when it comes to lifting weights, too. So she trains with our group. Uh, she's a big part of our group. Um, and she's, you know, she, when it comes to coaching the guys and, and sort of corralling the group of lifters that we train with, um, she's just as important as me, as anybody else. And she kind of has become like, for lack of a better term, like my right hand man, when it comes to addressing these guys and helping coach and helping structure what we're doing and all that stuff. So it's really, really sick. We've trained together for years in Ohio anyway. So it's not like a big transition. The only difference is like, we are now in charge of what's going on instead of yeah, like, instead of Dave telling us what we're doing, like we tell other people what we're doing. Yeah. That's so, that's cool. Um, yeah, I guess sick. we can we can start going from backtracking, kind of what got you into powerlifting, and um, I guess maybe leading up to your first meet. Yeah. So uh, uh, briefly, I, I feel like a lot of people have heard this story, so I'll just kind of give the the readers digest notes on it. But basically, you know, like I grew up playing hockey my whole life. Uh, always liked to party, um, and so. You know, I found myself with a pretty, pretty good uh, opiate addiction. Um, and uh, in September, I'll be 12 years uh, off of that. Thank you. Yeah. So um, when I when I got off the shit, um, I kind of got skinny fat and I looked like shit. And I'd always been like an athlete. So I was kind of like self-conscious about like what I looked like. I looked like shit. So um I started just like going to a planet fitness and just like, I just got, I had one of my old like training books from when I played hockey 
and I just sort of like followed that for a while. Uh, I had a buddy show me like how to do like a bodybuilding split. So I started doing that where it's like chest and tries, back and buys, like all that stuff. And then uh, sort of transitioned from Planet Fitness into a sort of like a health club almost, you know? So they had like, uh, they had barbells and shit. They had like one safety squat bar, you know, and you know, no deadlift bars or anything like that. But, uh, and went from that uh, and sort of just by accident, kind of like one of my friends said that there was a meet and um, so I signed up for it and I peaked myself for it using uh, the Syat Fitness, um, like dumbed down conjugate explanation. And I basically like, I just, I just obsessed over it. So I, I kind of figured out like, or just assumed that I could just like wave my stuff up. So I just like started at 80% and just sort of waved up to fucking 96%, like a week out, deloaded and went to the meet and uh, went nine for nine. Um, First raw meet. I think I went like squatted like 525 benched maybe like 320 or something like that, pulled 575 at 220, bare knee. Um, Second meet, squatted like 530 or something, bare knee, benched the same and pulled 600 and then put on a pair of knee wraps, did a knee wrap meet where I squatted 655, pulled 610. Um, That was all like, you know, drug tested and and everything. And then then transitioned to multiply um, I did my first multiply meet in like 2015, I think. Um, and wanted my first one to be like kind of a scary one, like a big one. Yeah. So we went out to Ohio for Battle of the Titans. Um, you know, there was like 900 pound bench pressers, yeah. 1100 pound squatters, like all this stuff. And I had met Lou. Um, Louis, uh, once before, um, actually the first time I got into a canvas suit was at Westside the first day that I had visited there. And, uh, yeah, I went like, I think I squatted like 755, missed 800, benched 455 or 460, and then pulled 640. It was like a 18-something total uh, or 17-something total. And just kind of progressed from there man like I just fell in love with it I, you know I thought that I, it was something I could be good at I never thought that I would be able to be um, I never thought that I, I could be elite at anything in my life really um, and I felt that this sport uh, kind of set me up in a situation where I could be really fucking good if I wanted to, if I committed to it. So I just started chipping away and became obsessed and allowed myself to be completely consumed by it. And it's become my entire life. Everything that I have that matters, I got from powerlifting. All of my best friends I've met through powerlifting. I met my wife through powerlifting, my business. I would have never had my dog because I would have never been in Ohio. You know, I've gotten to travel the country and I've gotten to meet some really awesome people. So, yeah, I, everything that I have that is 
worth fucking anything I have be because of the sport. So I'm always, always grateful for uh, the opportunity to lift weights and the opportunity to sit down and, and chat with, about stuff like this as well. Yeah, I mean, that's that's an awesome story. I mean, what you've done is impressive, and I think you're a great advocate for the sport. Um, I Thank guess you. going into um, more of the multiply lifting, what kind of made you jump into that? Yeah, I just, I, I think I got into it at its lowest point. I think I got into it, listen, man, like I was always the kid, like, you know, I grew up, with, uh, I grew up great family. Um, you know, my dad was my best man at my wedding. Awesome people. Um, I, I never wanted for anything. You know, they, my parents were great and, um, so very successful people. And, uh, like I was always a counterculture type of person. I, I loved like, you know, I, I, I grew up skateboarding. I wanted to be yep. a goalie in hockey. I loved punk rock. My sisters, you know, exposed me to punk rock at a really young age. Um, so I always loved, like, counterculture shit. Like, if everybody's going left, I'm going to go right. Uh, and that's just, that's just, like, how I've always been. So when I saw gear for the first time, I was like, yo, that shit's fucking crazy. And there's... 30 lifters at this meet and only five of them have that shit on i want to yeah. be one of those guys those guys look cool i always was like an equipment dork with like hockey yeah i always like worked on my own equipment i would like add stuff to it take stuff away from it i was always like hyper specific about how i liked it so the idea of being able to like put my gear on and like have this sort of like armor um, it was always like really cool to me. I just thought it was sick and I thought it was like, it just reminded me of playing hockey and, and being a goalie. And I had a moment where, um, going into my first multiply meet, uh, where I was benching in a shirt and, uh, I was leaning, I was between sets. I was leaning on this bar and I kind of like put my head down and like the collar of the shirt had popped up a little bit. So I put my head down and it went over like my nose. So like my nose and my lower part of my face was like basically my chest. And I, I used to do that all the time in the locker room uh, with my, my chest pad. I would yeah. like be sitting there and I would just kind of like sink my head into my gear a little bit. So the only thing that was sticking out was like my nose, my eyes. <laughs> and, uh, and, it, and it reminded me of that so much. And in that moment, I, you know, I just remember that happening and being like, this is a very familiar feeling. And this is a feeling that I like. I'm nervous. I'm excited. I have anxiety, but I'm also really confident. And so, um, yeah, man, I just love that it was just like this wild, like, smoke them if you got them. Like, fuck the world. Like, high octane, dangerous. Like, you know, like, it's like you see... The injuries that happen in raw lifting can be like gnarly. You see the injuries that can happen in fucking equipped lifting and they are psychotic, you yeah. know? And so, and to me, like that is the fun part. I want to be scared. I want to be in a situation where something is dangerous. So, um, yeah, that, that's like what drew me in. It was just the fact that it was like so fucking wild and I had never yeah. seen anything. And in New England, nobody fucking gave a shit about equipped powerlifting even less then, you know, so it's basically just me going in the opposite direction that everyone else was going. 
yeah, no, I, I would say I'm a, I like to go against the grain as well. Um, it's just fun. <laughs> yeah, it's cool to be like, you feel like you're just different. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be yeah. like anybody else. I want to be me and and have my own purpose. And like, you know, if if multiply powerlifting completely fell off the map and there were never any meets anymore, like I would still train in gear. I would still that it wouldn't change anything for me. I, I, I would I would still do it because I truly love it and. Um, I, it pushes me in ways that I don't think anything else like it can do, you know? So, um, I just found it to be really cool that like I could, because of the gear, I could push past like my genetic potential because I could just get more technical or I could get smarter or I could change the gear and all that stuff. So I I love that aspect too. Cause I was always with hockey. It was always, I was leashed by the fact that I was under six feet. Yeah there's only so far you can go. You know what I'm saying? Like division one colleges won't even look at you as a goalie if you're under six feet. Yeah. Yeah. So I couldn't outwork that. And with this, it's like, yeah, man, like I might not be built perfectly for this, but I can outwork it and I can get technical enough where I can become a lifter that, that matters in the scheme of the high level guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been able to do that fortunately enough with, with help from a bunch of other people. So yeah, I think that's actually a pretty cool way to look at it. I think for me, my first exposure to, like, equip lifting was when I watched, like, West Side vs. the World, and I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I, I, <laughs> I was just lost. And then, obviously, like, with John, like, squatting insane fucking weight as well, like, spotting that shit is just a nightmare for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seeing it in real life definitely opens people's eyes to uh... – uh, how crazy it is and it's very easy for people to sit on the internet and say their piece about how they think it's stupid but yeah, I have nice. yet to see I've never seen somebody side spot a four digit squat and equipment and be like this is stupid yeah. it's always you know what I mean they're always like holy shit this is fucking crazy yeah. and um, and so yeah when you see it in real life it definitely puts a different fucking spin on it and being exposed to it through Westside vs. the World uh, yeah, it's definitely like a very high octane way to um, learn about uh, learn about the sport. So that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I I kind of I don't I wouldn't say I have the full want to get in it yet, but I've definitely started to get a little bit of the itch. Um, sure. Being, being around John all the time, and like I've tried on a couple of bench shirts. I no one has briefs that fit me because I'm small as hell, but. Um, I, I think I, I said, I think I'm committing to trying equipped as soon as I hit 2000 raw. I think that's where I want to switch gears. Yeah. Everybody, uh, everybody has their own, their own path, man. And to me, I think everybody can experience powerlifting in whatever way they want to. And so I think that if you're fucking, you know, if you want to lift raw, that's sick. You want to lift an equipment that's sick. Um, how other people lift does not affect me. So you'll, you'll never catch me shitting on somebody for how they choose to experience the sport because in their world, it's the most positive way that they can experience it. So I'm stoked for them. Yeah. I think that's a great way to look at it too. Cause if, if no one wants to get their foot in the door of powerlifting, whether if it's going to be equipped or raw, it doesn't matter. Just always welcome someone new into the sport so a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah um i guess kind of talking more about you um how tell me about um 
I guess some of your experience in the WPO. I don't, I'm not sure how many times you've competed in the WPO. Yeah, so I'm actually the only guy. Uh, I don't know if there's any females. I know I'm the only male that's competed in every single event. Um, and that includes Hoff because he won super finals last year. So he didn't have to do semifinals this year. Yep. So he didn't do that event. So obviously, I mean, like fucking a, like no fault of his own. That's sick. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty good reason to not do the fucking meet. Um, yeah. but I'm the only guy that's done every single one of them. So I did, uh, the original one in Orlando in 2018, I think. And then I did 2019 on ESPN. I did the 2020 semifinals. I did the 2020 super finals. Uh, 2021 didn't have semifinals. So I had the 2021 super finals and then 2022 semis, supers, and then these past semifinals that I won. So I think this one in November will be my either eighth or ninth WPO event that I've done. That's crazy. Um, yeah, they're sick, man. It's fun. You know, obviously people have their gripes about it, but uh, to me, it's like people who have the gripes about it have never even put on a, a local meet, so they have no idea how much stress goes into that. Never mind a fucking huge, you know, multifaceted, like massive meet. And listen, like the best competition is there. The best lifters are there. The majority of the best lifters are there. There's obviously a handful of guys that don't do it um, for their own personal reasons, and that's their business. But as far as lineup, as far as far as like the stoutness of the lineup, it has consistently been the highest level of competition. Um, so for me, that's where I want to go, and that's where I want to be. And for years doing it, I went and got my fucking ass kicked every single time. <laughs> Um, and I've just crossed the barrier into the point where I'm competitive to be in the, in the top five, uh, five or six guys. And that's really cool. It's just, you know, a testament to just continue to show up and good shit happens. So I, I yeah. love doing those meets. I think they're super fun. It puts our whole season into one day. Mm -hmm. And, uh, to me, I like that pressure and I like that, the idea of, uh, you know, having to be, it doesn't, I don't give a fuck about being strong on a Tuesday. I want to be strong on the day that the, the meat matters. So I'm, yeah. I, I, I love it. And it's turned it into sort of more of a sport, more of a legitimate sport in my eyes um, than it has been in years past. So I'm excited about the WPO. Yeah. No, I actually, I think I'm going to be going down there because I think uh, John's going to be competing. So I think I'm going to might make the trip down there, get it, get my first-hand experience with it. So yeah, it's sick, man. Seeing it in real life, it's just like banger after banger after banger. Like tons of fucking dudes who can lift a ton of fucking big weights. So yeah, no, it should be it should be an awesome experience. Um, I guess uh, if you had to kind of pick one word of advice for a new lifter or someone wanting to do their first meet, what would you say? Yeah, I think first meet, like, uh, or looking into getting their first meet, like, you're never going to be ready for it, quote, unquote. So just pick one and fucking do it. Uh, listen, man, like, you could take, like, you could take your fucking, uh, your life and dedicate this to the next, for the next five years 
eat, breathe, sleep, powerlifting, and go to a meet and break a world record and whatever, and no one's gonna give a shit. No one cares. Um, you know, the 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 biggest fans of powerlifting are powerlifters. Yep. If you went to a powerlifting meet and you walked around and said, "Who's your favorite powerlifter?" and you asked everyone who is not competing who their favorite powerlifter was. I would say 99.9% of those people would name the person that they rode in the car with to the meet because they don't follow powerlifting. They're just supporting someone that they care about, right? The only people that have favorite powerlifters are the ones that are in the back room who are powerlifting, right? So my advice to someone who's considering doing a meet is fucking do one, get your numbers there, go have fun, right? Make sure you have light openers. And, and go and just do it. Uh, life is for the man inside the arena. So I think the uh, someone said to me one time, the biggest step that a powerlifter can make is only about two inches, and that's stepping onto a platform. Uh, and awesome. I think that, that you know, um, you don't get to put the name powerlifter on yourself until you've done a fucking sanctioned powerlifting meet, as far as I'm Agreed. concerned. And there's yep. nothing wrong with people who just want to lift weights and don't want to compete. I think yeah. that that's sick too. Strength culture is important. Gym culture is important. So I think that people who are considering doing a meet, pick one and do it. You go have fun and then go back to training. And I guarantee you by your second squat, you're going to be thinking about your next meet already. Yep. So just, <laughs> just, just go and fucking pick one and go have a good time because no one's getting paid doing this shit. So, um, go and 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 just have a blast and lift weights and then just kind of understand that it takes a long time to be good yep and just try and stay in one piece yep <laughs> you know awesome well um i think that'll be a good way to wrap things up uh i wanted to thank you again for coming on it was a great conversation yeah of course man i appreciate you i think it's really cool to see uh younger guys and guys who are um you know kind of on the come up doing stuff like this and putting themselves out there. I know that there's, you know, when you, when you do an endeavor like this and you start putting out content, there's going to be a certain amount of people who are going to scoff and sort of give you shit about it, maybe poke fun at you for it and, and whatever. Um, and, and all that is, is a reflection of them and it has nothing to do with you. And so I think it's really sick to, um, have someone, a young man like yourself, you know, uh, showing interest in the sport and getting people on here because any exposure um, like this for the sport is good. And I think that it's really cool to see, you know, if you're around long enough, you get to see these different generations come through it, right? And um, so I, I got to see the tail end of some really legendary guys. Um, when I was at Westside and I got, I, I, and now, you know, I'm the guy who's on the back nine and, and, uh, there's, there's guys like yourself and, and people that I train with and coach that are the next generation of people. Um, you know, a good friend of mine, uh, this kid Levi from, um, he's, he owns a gym called Narbel. Um, and, and he's like another guy who's just very passionate about it. And it's cool to watch these dudes really put themselves out there and listen, man, like powerlifting culture is dictated by the people who are in the sport at that time. So your air, how old are you? 23. 
Yeah, so I got fucking, I got like 15 years on you, dog. Like, I'm an old man compared to you, right? So, listen, like, powerlifting culture is dictated by the people who are in it at that time of that era, right? So right now, I would feel that this sort of time is sort of like me and my peers. It's our era. We're getting to the point where we're, you know, in our 30s and mid-30s, late 30s, and kind of how the culture is, is is a representation of what we've done in the sport. And what you're doing right now with this podcast and being involved and showing interest in different facets of powerlifting, you're going to, guys like you and, and guys your age are going to shape what uh, the, the powerlifting culture will be in 10 years. So I think that you should take an extreme amount of pride and that's an extreme amount of responsibility to, uh, to make sure that it is exactly what you want it to be. And there's no right or wrong answer for that as long as it's what you want it to be and you've created your experience i think that that's the most important part so that's my soapbox uh speech but uh thank you so much for having me man i appreciate it do you mind if i i pump my brand and shit and yeah i was just gonna have you can... do that yeah <laughs> yeah so so uh people can reach me uh my personal instagram is anthony cw13 um, the trigger warning page is trigger underscore warning underscore conjugate. If you search the hashtag stay hated, you'll be able to get a bunch of shit. Um, I have like free workouts on there and, and all this stuff. I have a subscription based website um, that you can sign up for, you know, anywhere from $3 and 50 cents a month to $40 a month, depending on what you want. I do coaching um, and TWC stay is where you can get like all your apparel stuff and then all of the mental mondays and workout wednesdays wednesdays are actually categorized like on there uh so you can get content and you can get um you know all of the stuff uh as far as like apparel and shit there as well so make sure you sign up for the email list that's how you get like you know all the inside scoop stuff and first first uh stab at the new drop so i don't get emails and messages people pissed that they missed their size Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, bro. No problem. Have a good one. All right, you too, brother.